Get Up Nation. I hope you're enjoying the Get Up Nation podcast on www.anchor.fm. As a podcast host on over 20 platforms, I really enjoy how easy it is to use Anchor, how Anchor makes everything I need available in one place for free, accessible on your smartphone or desktop computer. Go to www.anchor.fm now. In case you didn't know, Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit each episode. If you're concerned about the distribution of your hard work, don't sweat it because Anchor takes care of that too. If you're considering becoming a podcaster, I would highly recommend Anchor as your choice to begin sharing your content with the world. What up, Get Up Nation? My name is Ben Biddick, the host of the Get Up Nation podcast and co-author of Get Up, The Art of Perseverance with former Major League Baseball player and CEO of Lurong Living, Adam Greenberg. Recently, I had the honor and privilege of speaking with Richard Buzz Bryan and Alejandro Villanueva. Buzz served in the United States Navy as a corpsman and deployed to Iraq with the United States Marines. During his service in combat, he earned a Navy and Marine Corps Commendation Medal with Combat V, Combat Action Ribbon with a Star, Fleet Marine Force Device, and more. His commitment and intensity to serve his country and the Marines he patrolled with was unparalleled. When I spoke with some of the Marines Buzz served with, they did not hesitate to share stories about his maturity leadership and dedication that contributed to preserving and saving the lives of Marines in combat during the global war on terror. After completing his military service, Buzz continued to serve those who went into harm's way. The intensity of his commitment to serve veterans led him into a variety of dangerous and interesting circumstances to help ensure that veterans were receiving sufficient and satisfying support. His duties as an outreach coordinator for the VA connected him with a person named Alejandro Villanueva. Alejandro is a veteran himself. He is a graduate of West Point and completed infantry, airborne, and ranger schools. He served with the 10th Mountain Division in the 1st Ranger Battalion. He completed three tours of duty in Afghanistan. His actions during combat operations earned him a variety of awards and commendations, including a Bronze Star with V device. If you are listening to this and you don't know the significance of the V attached to this medal, it means Alejandro earned this award by demonstrating heroism or valor in combat. More specifically, Alejandro, who stands 6 feet 9 inches tall, rescued wounded soldiers while under enemy fire. And by the way, Alejandro is also the starting left tackle of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Thank you both for taking time to speak with me through technical difficulties, illness, and busy schedules to record episode 34 of the Get Up Nation podcast. Thanks so much for having me here, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So how did you first connect? Bob, let's go. His side of the story. Uh, tell my, uh, how did we first first connect well i was uh, the transition patient advocate for the uh veterans integrated service network in pittsburgh pennsylvania for about 11 years after i retired from the navy and we were able to develop a partnership with the pittsburgh steelers and we ran we would do a lot of uh you know community events with them events for veterans and the steelers really were a veteran oriented organization and they were looking to honor veterans so we created a program called Heroes for Hines, which we would invite 75 to 100 veterans from the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, the most serious injured, seriously ill of those veterans. And we would bring them to Hines Field every year with a guest, and they would get to spend an hour on the field with some of their Steeler heroes, which, you know, if you're a Steeler fan or you're just a football fan in general, but if you're a fan of the Steelers, Heinz Field is like the Holy Grail. They just don't let anybody on that field. So the opportunity for these veterans to come 
and spend a few minutes with the players on that field, you know, throwing a ball, catching a ball, kicking a ball, whatever, was just an outstanding opportunity for a lot of them that were just overwhelmed for a lot of these guys. Whether you think of, of an athlete as a hero or whatever, a lot of these guys, guys like Alejandro Villanueva, guys, you know, like even James Harrison and, and some of the, the current players of the Steelers, David DeCastro, these are guys that these veterans and service members look up to. So we were able to bring them in and create this partnership with the Steelers, and it's where they would let their guard down. We were able to get them to talk to us, maybe guys that weren't necessarily engaged in care or weren't, uh, you, know, you know, maybe not having a positive experience or not doing well. We were able to connect with these guys and get them to let their guards down in, in an atmosphere that maybe wasn't threatening or disappointing for them. Hmm. So it just kind of develops from there. I just, me and Al just kind of started talking about things. He was, a, you know, he was a fly. I knew his background. He was a ranger. I knew what that he was a veteran and, and, and his background. So we just kind of started talking about things and, and how we could help, help veterans. And Al was very genuine. You know, Al wanted to know how he could help. You know, he, he knew veterans that he had served with that, you know, were struggling, uh, you know, whether it was with PTSD or something, you know, some sort of other illness or injury, even even ones that may be having suicidal ideations and having thoughts of harming themselves. So we just started talking about PTSD and things like that and VA, what was going on in my world, and it just kind of developed into a, you know, a, a, a working relationship, a friend relationship. We just started doing more and more things together. Great. That's really kind of how it, how it worked out. Alejandro, did you have anything you wanted to add to that? No, no. Just, just adding that it ended up becoming a uh, personal relationship, and then, you know, Buzz and I would get together every single week and try to figure something out to do. And, uh, and he was extremely helpful, and his dedication inspired me to, to do some of what he does every single day. Alejandro, you've described in prior interviews how you volunteered to serve because you were not comfortable sitting on the sidelines as America fought the global war on terror. Where do you believe this conviction, this commitment to taking action comes from within you? I think it's something that is, uh, you know, natural in society. You know, some, you know, you, you, you don't take everything that's around you for granted. You don't take the liberty, the freedoms. You don't take for granted the things that are going around that are protecting your family. And so, you know, you, you know that there's somebody that's doing that. And in the case of, of, of the United States, you know, we have a wonderful organization that is uh, always going to fight and always going to protect the people of the United States. And, in my case, it was the United States Army, and Buzz, unfortunately, had to go the other way and go to the United States Navy. And then, Buzz, in our prior conversations, you also described how you refused to sit on the sidelines as well when others were telling you you needed to stay behind to complete various administrative tasks, etc. You helped to inform and remind them that your Marines were going into combat and there was no other place for you than being among them when they were going into harm's way. Do you think that that shared commitment to action and service is what helps you and Alejandro accomplish so much for veterans today? Oh, I think absolutely. I mean, there was no way that uh, I was going to stay behind when uh, when I had Marines going into harm's way into Iraq. It just wasn't going to happen. You know, I trained with these Marines, worked with these Marines, you know, spent more time with these with these Marines than, you know, in, with my family. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I just couldn't stay back and, and, and not... Uh, and not lead them in harm's way. I just I have to be a part of that. And I think having served that and being able to do that has kind of been ingrained in me. And, and even from a young age, as my father was a combat veteran in Vietnam as well, I just wanted to, you know, be able to continue to serve when I retired. I wasn't sure what it was I wanted to do, but I had spent my entire life basically in the military. It's what I knew. It's what I was good at. 
and I just wanted to be able to continue to serve. And when the opportunity to work at the VA, you know, presented itself, I, you know, I, I jumped at it and was able to uh, continue to help, you know, our servicemen and women who are coming back with, you know, serious injuries or serious illnesses or struggling with whatever. I could, you know, I could be that guy that could say, you know what, lean on me, brother. I got you. Uh, I may not have big shoulders like Mr. Villanueva there, but, uh, but you can lean on me. And as we got to know each other a little bit more, lean on a guy like Al, and we can help you through this process. You know, it's, it's, at times it's difficult. I, you know, I, res- I understand that and I respect that. But the VA, we're not a perfect system, but don't let it frustrate you. Don't let it get you down. Let me help you through it if you're struggling a little bit. Amazing. That's a sacred thing that you're doing, and I, I just can't express the amount of respect I have for you both as, as you continue to serve our brothers and sisters uh, yet today. Alejandro, you regularly visit veterans at the VA, and you do so without needing limelight or spotlight. You clearly do this out of an authentic respect and humility. Sometimes the veterans you speak with don't even know you're a Pro Bowl offensive tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Why is it such a valuable practice for you to speak and connect with veterans, especially those who have sustained injuries fighting America's battles? Well, I mean, obviously the motivation behind it is not the, you know, is not the good attention. It's not even, t- I mean, unfortunately, and I understand some of the frustrations of the VA. You know, when I try to go there with Buzz and we, and we would knock the doors down, you know, like the Rangers in a secret grade at night. Because we don't want anybody to see, you know, that, that we're doing these visits. But, you know, it's almost, to me personally, you know, going to the VA and sitting down with somebody who's been to Vietnam, Korea, uh, and and just spend some time with them and ask them about, you know, what America used to look like, you know, 20, 30 years ago, uh, you know, when I, when, I was, when I was too young, or, um, you know, what the experiences in combat were like. I mean, th- those things are a national treasure, and you know, obviously, with with time, uh, you know, some of these some of these treasures are going away. And you know, talking to a World War II veteran now is is is, is, is I mean, to be able to tell my kids have conversations with soldiers who served in Vietnam when they were 19 years old and were you know joining you know they were in the 25th Infantry Division and you know they spent three months in the bush and and. And all the detail that they go into you know, when they're explaining these stories, I get more out of it than they get, you know, because you just like you said, a lot of times they don't even know how to play football. Some of them do, and it is, you know, a cool experience to be able to, uh, you know, talk about the Steelers and talk about what you're doing wrong. But the, like I like to call the real ones, you know, those are the ones that can be the most. And it's almost addictive for me to keep going to the VA and be able to spend some time with, uh, with these veterans. Amazing. Buzz, will you share from your perspective what you see in here as Alejandro connects with veterans and how significant that is to have someone who he's a world-class athlete. He's got amazing physical abilities, immense intelligence, and a value system that recognizes the significance and sacrifices of military service. How does this impact the veterans that, that you're serving when he comes in? Oh, it's, it's, it's an amazing experience just to watch it play out. Uh, you know, as Al, Al said a little bit, bri- you know, briefly, you know, we no one knew we were coming to include to include VA leadership. Uh, we, you know, him and I would set it up. You know, he'd send me a message and say, "Hey, I want to stop in today," which turned into a weekly thing, which is awesome. On his own time, you know, he'd, he'd go to practice or he'd work out. You know, he'd show up. You know, we'd meet in the back parking lot at the VA in Pittsburgh. We'd sneak in the back way, sneak up an elevator. You know, and you'd see you'd see people. 
in the hallways or in the elevator looking at this big guy, you know, I'm about, you know, I'm vertically challenged. I'm about five foot seven and a buck 70. So, you know, picture me standing next to, to Al here, who's, you know, six, nine and a half, six, ten, I don't know, three fifty, maybe three and a quarter. Al, I don't know where you're at right now, but they're looking at this big guy and you're thinking, you know, I'm, if they didn't know who he was, they're just looking at him going like, you know, this is this is a big, big man. Very quiet, very respectful. But the best part about it to me, when we would walk in a room and we would talk there and we would let them know, hey, we're here. We just want to spend a little bit of time with, with the veterans that were impatient at the time. And there were some veterans that, were, that may be terminally ill, some veterans that were there for simple procedures, you know, a variety of different things. So what caught me the most was how genuine Al was. You know, it wasn't about, hey, I'm a Pittsburgh Steeler. I mean, you know, there was never any, you know, sense of self-worth or recognition or looking for anything. He honestly and genuinely wanted to sit down and listen to what these veterans had to say. Mm-hmm. And we had some great conversations. I mean, you know, you know, the, the guy in first cab, you know, they talked about being in first cab and, and, and being up in a helo and, and, and having an incident there, which was just an awesome story. The World War II veteran who had a terminal illness and was not doing so well, just to see brightness in their eyes, to just have a couple minutes mm-hmm. with, with Al. Once they, once they realized who he was, or once we told him, hey, is this, you know, Mm-hmm. starting off tackle of the Pittsburgh Steelers, a West Point graduate, a bronze star with V recipient. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, just to me, an American treasure. Mm-hmm. Now, Al will, will, will never accept that and, and, and doesn't believe that for one second. But, you know, I, as a combat veteran, he, he is all-inspiring to me Absolutely. as a veteran, Absolutely. as someone who served in combat. Just his genuineness. You know, we, you know, Thanksgiving Day, you know, the day before Thanksgiving, he says to me, he just buzz, he goes, hey, you know, we have practice in the morning. You know, I want to come over and spend a little time with the veterans. I said, no problem, not an issue. You know, I said, but I got to come down and bring in. I said, that's just how it works. I can't let you go by yourself and look it in. So, long story short, you know, after convincing him that it was okay, that my family was okay with me doing it, uh, and I was actually able to bring my son. You know, we meet Thanksgiving morning. We're able to get into the hospital. He not only has himself, he brings David DeCastro with him, which, once again, selfless, doesn't have to do that. Hmm. You know, they come in, and we had a, we had an active duty, another active duty cell with us who's, who's, a, who's currently a SEAL who also was getting up his own time. And we just spent, once again, an hour and a half of our time with these veterans. And there was a young veteran that we had come across that was not doing well, was having, you know, some was battling some, some demons from his service in Iraq and Afghanistan. And it became emotional. In turn, you know, it, it became emotional for everybody involved in the room. You know, and, and then after the fact that this, this, this veteran, who was not willing to engage in care or any treatment, you know, after that one 15- or 20-minute visit, you know, we were able to say to him, like, hey, you know, Maybe this is the best place for you. I know it's ter- I know it's not a great place to be on a holiday, but you've been in worse places on holidays, as mm-hmm. Al has been, Al, as I have, as you have. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's worse places you could be. Yeah. You know, maybe this is where you're supposed to be for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And we were able to help help that gentleman and you know talk to him a little bit. He ended up seeking care, engaging in treatment, and, and he's doing he's doing better. He's doing well. Good. Uh, which is a, which is a beautiful thing. I got to tell you, it is an honor to speak with you both here today. As the host of the Get Up Nation podcast, I'm focused on helping people create their resilience, which in my opinion is vital today in the world that's that's so volatile. Alejandro, you've described in prior interviews how you've been in situations where your unit was taking fire from 360 degrees in Afghanistan. 
you survived three combat tours, you've lost friends during and after, you were cut from NFL teams prior to earning the starting role left tackle for the Steelers, you've played numerous different positions on football teams, so clearly you understand what resilience is and you maintain it and embody it. Will you share your perspective on how you maintain your personal resilience and persevere through circumstances that might be frustrating, painful, frightening, or difficult? Um, well, I mean, I think it's like a lot of things in life. It's, uh, it's a process that starts with the motivation of what you want to do, the things that you want to do. Uh, and that usually takes care of all the suffering and all the, the, the pain and, and in uh, tough times, um, you know, the, the, the service is voluntary. You don't have to join the military. Um, but if you join, then obviously it's, 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 it's going to require a lot of sacrifice from everybody. So I think that being said, you know, it's, to me, I've, I've always leaned on others, uh, you know, when going through challenges, whether it's, you know, first, first time you show up to the military and you cut your hair and you have to be paired up with somebody that you don't know. The first time you're hungry and, you know, you can't eat, you're physically tired, and you have to continue to run miles, and then ultimately you open it up all the way to combat where you're questioning whether you're going to come out of the life. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's a very long process. I think uh, it starts, you know, with the education at home and, and the values that you get instilled uh, from your parents. And, um, and in my case, I've always, you know, had the, the fortunate situation of being surrounded by very uh, you know, surreal classmates at West Point, unbelievable NCOs in the military, and, you know, great commanders that have been able to give me the motivation uh, that I need to complete the mission. I see. And, Buzz, thank you for your work and service of those who serve as you strive to create sufficient and satisfying support for veterans facing so many challenges. How do you remain resilient and effective in the work that you do? Well, I think to echo a lot of what Al said, I just... Uh, to, to me, it was it was after my career in the Navy and, and having spent so many time with some just incredible uh, leaders and incredible NCOs and, and senior petty officers in the Navy and chief petty officers. It just it continued to, to provide me with the motivation, which I really didn't need because I kind of grew up with it, to, to continue to serve. We have a lot of issues with our young men and women nowadays committing suicide or having suicidal ideations. Um, to me, I mean, it, it's, it's unacceptable. It drives me and it continues to motivate me to be able to work with these men and women, you know, no matter what era of that, whether they're the same era that I am or Al is, or if they're a Vietnam veteran or a Korean War veteran, because believe it or not, there are many that are in the, the Korean War age and the Vietnam War that are, that are taking their own lives as well. I'm just motivated and driven to, to continue to work and push and help these veterans receive the care that they need, to receive the help that they need, no matter what service it may be. So it's just it's just a continuation of, you know, the values that were instilled upon us in the military. Sure. Uh, it's just a continu- to me, it's a continuation. It just, uh, it really was just an easy way for me to, to roll into a second career. For veterans who are facing challenges in their lives, who are transitioning into the civilian world, is there any advice you both have or information you'd like to share about resources or practices that you've both found value in as you've made these transitions yourselves? Well, I mean, I've always, I've always believed family and the family's uh, support structure, whether it's, you know, reaching for advice from your parents, from your brother, from your trusted, you know, friends uh, growing up. And then obviously making sure that you have that, that network around you throughout your life is something you have to cultivate. So uh, that's, that's what I'll say uh, the most uh, throughout my life. I think 
basically have to continue me as, as a as and previously as an advocate and now as a, as an outreach coordinator. I think we have to just continue to get out into the communities, continue to work with the veteran service organizations as well as the DOs, you know, local leadership, you know, local politicians at the state, federal levels to continue to make sure our veterans are aware of the services we provide at the VA. Uh, I mean, I, it, it's amazing to me how many veterans that I talk to and I speak to them on a daily basis who aren't aware of what services are available to them at the VA. Once again, I'm not saying it's a perfect system, and I'm not saying necessarily you need it right away, but, you know, it's still in your best interest to just enroll, engage, and at some point, if you do need us, we're there. And, you know, whether that is help with employment, help with homelessness, help with finances, help with legal issues. Our largest number of growing veterans right now are women. And people, it's hard to believe. I mean, our numbers are down for the most part, but our women veteran numbers are increasing. And that includes include combat veterans as well. Um, we have women-specific health clinics that, you know, that are specific to, to women. If, if for whatever reason, if they're struggling with whatever, they don't have to come in and see the same, you know, physician saying a, a male veteran would, would seek. I mean, if they're uncomfortable that way, they can come in and go directly to our women's clinic and we provide all the service they need. I mean, it's, uh, there's a lot we can provide. There's a lot of care. There's a lot of services. And, you know, we're out there. We're beating the, we're beating the street. And they're trying to get our footprint out there in the community just to make sure that the veterans are aware of what we provide. We can assist them transition. It's not easy to transition from military life. Sure. Thanks again for taking time out. I always end the show with six quick questions. Do you have two, three more minutes to run through these quick questions with me? Yes, sir. Okay. Who are you both thankful for today? My wife. Oh, I, I would agree with that. I would definitely say my wife. You know, she has. I've been married for almost 29 years, and uh, she's been with me every step of the way. Uh, you know, through all my deployments and in my career, she's, she's been my rock. She. I have three sons. They are what they are today, and their successes today are a lot because mom was there when dad couldn't be because dad was deployed. Now that we covered who you're thankful for today, what are you thankful for today? I'm thankful for today I'm very thankful for the servicemen and women who are protecting us every single day and their unwavering sacrifice for our nation's needs. I'm thankful for the opportunity to be able to continue to serve our nation's heroes. I am thankful for our men and women at arms who are forward deployed right now every day who are standing that post. You know, I just, uh, the young men and women that I've had the honor of serving with, not only in the Marine Corps, you know, with the soldiers that, that were beside me in, in Fallujah, in, you know, November 2004, are, were just amazing. I mean, what these young men and women did in harm's way is just awe-inspiring. You know, say what you want about the climate of the world or, or the current state of, the, of our country. The men and women that I had the honor of serving with and and the men and women who, like Al, who are Academy grads, they are just the, the future. There is a lot of bright futures in this country. There are a lot of young men and women who are, uh, you know, who are just outstanding. I'm yeah. thankful for that. Absolutely. How do you fuel the fire within you both? How, what keeps you going? What makes you never quit? I would say that my kids are always going to look up to me for, you know, whatever reference they have and, and what it's like to be to be a man. And so, um, you know, not letting them down, putting always a good example, and being there for them is, is, is my easy.
reminder of uh, doing the right thing. I have to stop letting him go first because his, his answers are always really good. <laughs> and, I, and I don't want it to sound like I'm just echoing what Al says because he's way smarter than I am, trust me. But it, it, that's, that's really, I mean, that's, that's how I have always operated my entire life as well. I've always, you know, I grew up, I wanted to make, you know, my, my mother and father proud of me, especially my father, you know, he was a Vietnam veteran. Uh, he was my hero growing up. He instilled a lot of my models, my beliefs in, in me that I carry with me to this day. And I think, you know, you always say, oh, I'm starting to sound like my father or my mother. I, I've tried to instill those same lessons into my three sons. Now, none of my sons have chose to follow my path in the military, and that's fine. You know, one dabbled a little bit with the Naval Academy, but chose to go a different route. But I, I would say, you know, my kids as well. I mean, it, it's motivating and humbling to me that they look up to me now, now that they're young men and starting their lives. And the fact that I played a role in that and, uh, and is, is just very motivating and awe-inspiring to me. What are you doing today? You never thought you could. Okay, boss, go ahead. Gee, thanks, Al. You know what? I, you know, that's, that's, that's difficult. I... Uh, you know, I, I, I've raised a family. I had a very successful career in the military. You know, when I was a young man, I don't know, necessarily know that, that those were things that I felt I could accomplish. I'm, I'm proud of, of my military career, of my service, of the men, you know, of, you know, everybody that I served with. I'm proud that, uh, you know, I'm proud that I continue to serve. You know, I just was in a meeting this morning down in, in Broward County, down here in Florida for, uh, a veterans coalition and just sitting in that room and listening to the ideas on how we can continue to help veterans and make veterans lives better. And I actually have a say in that or a small say in it is really something that I don't know that I thought that I could do or would do or, you know, I'm able or, you know, was ever able to do. I mean, hmm. so. And Alejandro, is there, is there something you're doing today you never saw yourself doing? Well, I'm getting ready to go to a training camp, which is a, a very tough challenge. And I've actually been sick for the past week. And, uh, and I've been working out while sick, which is something that I've never done before. And today I had a workout, but I didn't think I was going to be able to finish uh, because I've been feeling extremely lightheaded. But um, maybe I was able to finish it today. You know, mm. it's funny. It's, Amazing. I think everybody can, can, can deal with pain, but I think nausea and lightheadedness is, is, is a different, different mm. monster when it comes to working out. Hmm. And then my final question of, of the interview here, what, what will you both do tomorrow that you never thought you could? Go ahead, Al. <laughs> I mean, uh, tomorrow I'm going. To, I got to go to Fort Belvoir for uh, a military camp. For, I can't football camp for military kids. And I don't know. I don't think I've I, okay. I don't think I've, I've ever been in front of so many uh, generals and high-ranking officers and having normal conversations that doesn't involve being extremely quiet all the time. And you, Buzz? Well, well, tomorrow I'm going to go back to my office at the VA. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna continue to stay motivated, continue to be driven, continue to to, to work with veteran service organizations uh, now in a new area. I'm, you know, I, I have a great challenge ahead of me now because, you know, I left a position in Pittsburgh that I was very comfortable in. And I had, we had created, I should say, I we created a lot of great relationships, not only with our professional teams of Pittsburgh, but with a lot of wonderful people in the city of Pittsburgh that really wanted to help veterans. This new position out here in Florida that I'm at now, there's been times where I've doubted myself because it's a new position. It's for me to start, for me to build. So I'm starting basically from the ground up 
with a lot of help. Don't get me wrong, I should say I. But, uh, you know, building infrastructure, building, you know, coming up with ideas and plans, you know, and how are we going to get veterans to, to, to engage? How are we going to find these veterans? Where are these veterans at? So, so I'm going to continue to plug away. It's quite a challenge for me, but I have a lot of help. I have wonderful relationships and friends in, in different places that I can call and bug, pull from them their knowledge, and uh, really that's kind of what I'm going to continue to try and do. That I don't, you know, that uh, it's challenging for me, so I'm not sure that uh, at times I, I doubt, I've doubted myself even in the four months that I've been here. At times I've you know, sent, I've even sent out a text message or two every once in a while saying, hey man, I miss Pittsburgh. <laughs> you know, what did I do to myself? Uh, but, you know, the, the, that's really kind of where I am right now. It's, uh, it's a challenge, so we'll see. On behalf of the people that you're impacting, I appreciate you both persevering and uh, being resilient enough to stick with our veterans, to stick with your commitment to serve those who served, to take time out today to talk to me. Um, it is an honor and a privilege to speak with you both. and. I just want to thank you both for your honor, honorable service, and I'll let you get back to what you're doing, and, and Al, so you can uh, recover, and I hope you feel better soon. Thank you, guys, very much. Thank you, Ben. Thanks. Thanks, Ben. I appreciate it. Thank you, Richard Buzz Bryan and Alejandro Villanueva, for your undying service to the citizens of the United States of America and to those who have served. It is always an honor to speak with men and women of service who for the safety of others, volunteer to go to places on this earth where they may not return in order to give the gift of freedom. Our country is more than a geographical space. It is a hundred million stories lived by pioneers, freedom fighters, families, immigrants, innovators, and warriors who desire to experience an undegraded existence, valuing the brilliant, brief experience of life upon the earth in fullness. It is a struggle, a developing, a sustainment of a reality where people are unimpeded and flourishing. It is in listening to one another and hearing our stories of adversity, hardship, battle, and struggle that we find the core of who we are, the power to rise above, passion to continue to create a world worthy of the sacrifices of so many noble human beings. Thank you for joining me on the Get Up Nation podcast.